The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Did you know that relaxation is all in your mind? That's right. By applying various techniques of mindfulness, you can practice relaxation anywhere and anytime, whether it's at home, work, or at play. Welcome to Come Back to Your Senses Radio with host Leah Brenda Smith. Our program is all about recovering your common sense. If you'd like to call into our program today, use our toll-free number, 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. If you'd rather send an email, the address is Leah at ComeBackToYourSenses.com. Now, here's health and wellness specialist, Leah Brenda Smith. Hello and welcome. I am your host, Leah Brenda Smith, and thanks for tuning in to Come Back to Your Senses Radio on Voice America Variety and Project Freedom Radio Network. If you're looking for me on the net, you can find me at leahbrendasmith.com or on Facebook at Come Back to Your Senses Radio. Today we have a show filled with conversation about spiritual partnerships. And I know for some folks this is a uh, new idea, new information, new energy, something that maybe you've been looking for. And for other folks, it, uh, it can be something that you've experienced uh, from time to time throughout your life or something that's been very consistent for you. We're all in a different place and there's always room to grow no matter where you are. So welcome. And, you know, as a beginning, really, to understand that spiritual partnership represents a new, really, a new approach to creating core relationships that nourish individuals on a soul level and contribute to their spiritual growth. In an older paradigm, we had relationships that were more focused on sort of looking after the physical needs and survival needs, and now we're in, we're in this era of new paradigms. And... Spiritual partnership is not based on need, but these spiritual partnerships are relationships that are based on making a connection with the essence of the other person, and then together encouraging one another to be in the continual practice of becoming more conscious and more aware of your individual thoughts and emotions and actions and reactions and responses. Now, I would say that we all long for relationships that support us in being healthy and being lively and creative and loving. And these spiritual partnerships are relationships between equals for the purpose of spiritual growth. And they can be seen, certainly many people would say that they're the most fulfilling most deeply connected and acknowledging and supportive relationships that, uh, that are really available to us. And I have a little quote here from Gary Zukav. Spiritual partnerships are arenas for discovering 
and challenging your fears and exploring and cultivating your love with others. They are joint experiments, bold adventures into the eternally new territory of the eternal present moment. So with that idea of coming together to explore and discover and be more present in the moment. Now you can create spiritual partnerships with your family, with your friends or your core workers, your neighbors, and even with another individual as a couple. But regardless of the, who you're in spiritual partnership with and who your spiritual partners are, all spiritual partnerships operate in the same way. Spiritual partnership is a vehicle that supports the partners to become more aware of their emotions, to become more aware of their intentions, and also to make the healthiest choices that they can. And the, the kinds of choices, really, that, that they will be creating consequences that they'd be willing to be responsible for. So being conscious of the choices, making healthy choices, and choices with good consequences. And uh, life coach Hugh Del Conzo says that love is a divine creation that cannot be destroyed. And anything that's not love is merely a fear-based thought created by your ego mind. So as you practice seeing the truth is love and that fear is illusion, then you'll allow the perfection of the universe to take care of the details of your life. Practice seeing that only love, see love as only real, see it as real. And then you shall experience the serenity that's created by a mind at peace. And he says, because your mind will be nestled in the white light of God's love. And how lovely can that be? Your mind will be nestled in the white light of God's love. So I encourage each of us really to take to find some time, take some time to be with yourself and reflect on who are the spiritual partners in your life? You know, and who is it that you've had those cherished experiences with? You know, emotional honesty, he goes on to, to share that emotional honesty takes courage and that the courage is built upon trust, which develops as partners learn through experience that within the relationship, it's emotional safe. It's emotionally safe to share their feelings. That's really the pinnacle, the most important thing I think for us in relationships is knowing that we are emotionally safe to share our feelings, and that this trust and emotional safety really is what allows for the deep layers of emotional intimacy. The spiritual relationships really create a, a kind of a new kind of intimacy, if you like. And that there is that place really where you're willing to share, you're willing to let go of your, your defenses. 
and you're willing to be emotionally vulnerable. And so you create a kind of secure, safe space, if you like, that makes it easy for you to open up emotionally and share with your partner the things that go on within you. You know, that willingness to be emotionally raw with no mind games or no hidden agenda just allows you to communicate the truth of your own being. So it's not so much that spiritual partners, they don't really, it's not so much to say that the behavior is perfect all the time or that they're committing to be perfect all the time. But the commitment is more to that when they notice their imperfect behavior, that they're willing to put a correction and they're willing to make a shift and make a change as quickly as they're able to. And Gary Zukov says that whatever you call your path, it is not spiritual if your interactions are not becoming more conscious and more loving. So really there is that theme of a more conscious, more loving way of being that spiritual relationships and spiritual partnerships really support and encourage. That's really the essence and the base of what they're about and what they're really for. Recognizing that at the very base of who we are, we are love. Some would suggest that really our whole adventure here as spirit having a human experience is really about, if you like, bringing that energy of unconditional love, which is what we are in our essence, and bringing that in a, in a way that it's free-flowing and abundant and available uh, as part of our daily life experiences. So one of the really strong uh, truths in spiritual relationships is that it's really the understanding of the world is a mirror and that reflection that happens. You know, you've heard me speak before about what's on the inside is on the outside. So what's on the outside is on the inside. And the idea of, of that reflections. Because that is really a, a great tool for supporting our spiritual evolution. It helps us to look at our unconscious beliefs and see our relationships as mirrors. That idea, what's on the outside's on the inside. And Shakti Gawain teaches that mirroring is based on six spiritual principles. And I'm going to just list them here for you. So this is the idea of mirroring, that everything in your life is part of co-creation. That you attract nothing by accident. That everything in your life is related to you. Everything you say and do has an impact on you. And if something is uh, affecting you in a negative way, then it's mirroring back something to you, some aspect of yourself that needs to be healed. And life is a mirror reflection of your human, the roles that we take, that life reflects that back. And, and that can account for some of those more challenging things that we experience in our spiritual partnerships. 
where we're reflecting back to each other these more challenging aspects of ourselves, our human roles and identities that we take on. You know, um, Gary Zukov wrote a book called Spiritual Partnership, and in that he reveals the, this idea of new relationship dynamic which is there really to help us to reach our full potential and to create authentic power, which leads to a joyful life. And we want to remember that spiritual partnerships are not only for couples and not only for people that are married, but they can be created anywhere. Two or more people decide to engage as equals for that purpose of spiritual development. And some people do that in spiritual communities and have more of a, a sense of a group dynamic in their reflection and in their spiritual partnerships. Because these are partnerships that really empower and enable you to explore your emotions, to explore your intentions and your choices, to explore your intuition, and then to use all of that for your spiritual growth. And then also for the benefit of the spiritual growth of others. I'm just going to share with you a little excerpt then from uh, chapter 9 in his book on spiritual, in Gary Zukov's book on spiritual partnerships. And he says that spiritual partners are gardeners on adjoining plots. They share knowledge and experience and skills. They share love and trust and the commitment really to create authentic power. Now, their lives are much more complex than gardens, but they share the fundamental feature of all gardens. So unless the gardener pulls the weeds, they will continue to grow. And unless the gardener cultivates the flowers, they will not bloom. So the tools that are necessary to pull the weeds and cultivate the flowers in your garden are emotional awareness, responsible choice, intuition, and trust in the universe. So the more you use these tools, then the more you're able to create authentic power. So while creating authentic power, then it's your highest priority becomes your focus really then to use these tools. So without understanding the purpose of your life and developing the tools to cultivate it, <laughs> you'll, you'll exhaust and frustrate yourself. Sometimes doing something well, sometimes not, other times not knowing, sometimes knowing. And these are the experiences of an unexamined life, which is a, a, a term that Plato used. And then there, we have a more modern term, which would be the unconscious life. And then a more accurate term would be the reactive life. So a life really that's frequently controlled by our frightened parts, which we all have, frightened parts of our personality. So the more controlled we are by that, the more the transformation is unexamined and there's more unconsciousness and we're more reactive, then that's the reactive life. Yet when we become more deliberate and more aware and more authentic, then that's where the joyful energy is that's available to us. Joyful energy. 
And Gary shares some uh, what he refers to as spiritual partnership guidelines. I want to share those with you. And remember, we're always talking about partnerships that are about equals, people coming together for the purpose of spiritual growth. And the guidelines can be like step-to-step ideas of how you can grow in your relationship spiritually. The idea of changing yourself instead of trying to change the other person. So the first really is about commitment. Making my spiritual growth and creating authentic power, have that be your highest priority. So that's about focusing on what it is that I can learn about myself all the time especially what I can learn from my reactions. You know, the anger and fear, jealousy, resentment, our impatience. So instead of judging or blaming others or myself, there are opportunities to learn and be aware of the reactions, to watch the reactions. To pay attention to my emotions, you know, by feeling the physical sensations in my energy to pay attention to my thoughts, like the judger and the analyzing and the comparing thoughts and the daydreaming and planning your reply rather than listening to the other person, or it could be your thoughts of appreciation and contentment and gratitude and openness. And then paying attention to your intentions And they could also be blaming or judging or needing to be right or seeking admiration or trying to convince. Or it could be about being cooperative and sharing and creating harmony and revering life. So the commitment is to focus on what you can learn, pay attention to your emotions, pay attention to your thoughts, and pay attention to your intentions. And then there's courage which is really about stretching yourself beyond your own limited perspectives. You know, the perspective of the frightened parts of your personality. So there's taking responsibility for your feelings and your experiences and your actions, not blaming others. And there's the idea of practicing integrity at all times. Sometimes that requires action. Sometimes it requires really speaking when we're frightened speaking up, even when there's those parts that, you know, don't want to speak up because they're frightened. And then saying and doing what's most difficult. Sharing what you notice. Sharing about yourself when you're frightened. To be willing to do and say what it is you need to do, especially when you feel uncomfortable. So the courage is taking responsibility and practicing integrity and saying and doing the things that are difficult. And then compassion is about seeing yourself and others as souls who sometimes have limited thoughts or frightened parts of their personalities that are active. And I know I'm certainly in the practice of trying to be mindful to recognize that in myself. And and I know that that that's on the mind of other people as well, to to want to be aware of when you're operating out of some limited idea or belief or some frightened sense of 
smaller, your smaller self. So for that, the compassion, to have compassion, to change your perspective from one of being fearful to being loving. And then to, to release any idea of being separate, you know, the not having that need to be separate from others. And then being present while others are speaking rather than, you know, thinking in your mind what it is that you're going to say next. So being present. So compassion is to change my perspective and release distance between people and to be present. And then the last section of guidelines really is about conscious communication and actions. So that's really about striving to make your interactions conscious and loving and to be open. So you want to consult your intuition and to speak personally and specifically rather in the abstract or in the general or rather than using you statements to use positive first-person statements, to use I statements. And then to release the attachment to the outcome, that idea of trusting if you find yourself attached to something, then you may want to go through the guidelines, to go through the ideas of the commitment and the courage and the compassion, to you find that and can cultivate that trust. And choose your intentions. So be clear before you speak and before you act. And then to act from the healthiest part of your personality. So rather than caretaking or fixing or teaching or judging or blaming, to just come from that healthy part of your own recognition of yourself as a, as a soul. And then no guideline would be complete without reminding us to enjoy ourselves. <laughs> it's a funny thing, 2013, we need to be reminded and we need to remind ourselves regularly to relax and enjoy ourselves. But it is true. With all the things we do in life that can take us in all kinds of directions, sometimes we just need that gentle reminder to relax and enjoy ourselves. And Gary Zukov says that no one can slay your dragons for you. That you are in fact the hero that you've been waiting for. And in um, chapter 11 of his book, Spiritual Partnerships, he goes into speaking that this, the journey in spiritual partnerships is really going into your deepest fears. And to let yourself go into the feelings of the powerlessness with the intention of healing, to be free, to be returned to our authentic self, to our natural state. And he uses the um, archetype of the dragon, the dragons that live within us. And he uses the example of, you know, sometimes when you're offended or you become angry, that it's like a dragon comes out in the open. Or when you withdraw emotionally and um, you judge yourself or judge something silently, then that's a, another dragon. Or if you, perhaps you can't stop thinking about judgmental thoughts or even having violent thoughts or sexual fantasies or 
difficulties with addictions to alcohol or food or sex, pornography or shopping, these types of things, that those are dragons that are really powerful. And he's suggesting that these really are expressions of what's really going on underneath is that sense of, of being afraid. And that no one can slay the dragons for us. So what we have a tendency to do rather than being with the fear is that we go and take a time out and be with our addictions. So until we accept, he's suggesting that until we really accept the rules and accept the anger, or accept the fear, accept the emotions that are there, that we really have these dragons that are sort of running rampant in our lives, popping up here and there. And that he's saying that really your friends that are not engaged in spiritual partnerships, they're really looking for the cause of the suffering outside of themselves and to blame others for their suffering. They're suffering in their failed relationships and with illnesses and betrayals and with their bad luck and all the things that happened. And sometimes they may change their friends or change their circumstances, but they don't necessarily change themselves. And so then eventually their interactions with their new circumstances and new friends, new relationships just really produce the same types of painful experiences. And he suggests that that's really a horizontal path. And the dragons remain. And he says with spiritual partners, they take more of a vertical path. The focus is really on changing themselves the idea of slaying their own dragons. They don't wait for that sort of impossible dream of the idea of somebody coming along and slaying the dragons for them. You know, and uh, Gary says that, that he's learned that the difficult times in his life are not because of other people, but because of himself. And I've certainly learned that, and I know many, many others have. And that really that they occur because parts of the personality that are too painful to experience. And that's why we have these uncomfortable aspects inside of ourselves. And then we are in these relationships, these partnerships that bring up those uncomfortable feelings. And, and that can be a painful time. But it makes a big difference when you know that it's not about the other person. So when you feel angry or impatient or irritable, that you know it's about yourself. And then you can use the experiences of what's being triggered by others to learn more about yourself and to make the changes that you need to make inside yourself, rather than thinking that it's about changing other people. So it's about changing, changing in yourself. So per spiritual partnership is really a partnership with another person or with people who feel the same way. It's a partnership between equals for the purpose of spiritual growth. 
So when your spiritual partners have those difficult interactions, it's not about pointing fingers at them, but you respond really with support. You support each other to do the inner work. And Gary suggests that really spiritual partnerships are a new type of relationship. You know, it's not about, you know, people get together and talking about their hairstyles and their lifestyles or their cars or their children or their work. Although in spiritual partnerships, people do have conversations about all those things. But really the perspective and the meaning of the conversations is different. It's about noticing what you're feeling and noticing if something is getting triggered in you and paying attention to it, especially paying attention when you become upset or you become judgmental or you notice these things going on inside of yourself or you have those strong physical reactions in your body. You know, you, you can't heal the fear of another person and no one can heal your fear for you. But we can be inspired by each other. We can be inspired to, to cultivate that emotional awareness and make responsible choices and really welcome the, the intuition and the trust. You know, through my own experiences... Um, in the 70s with the Institute of Applied Metaphysics. That was when I really began to develop spiritual partnerships as a teenager. And some of these partnerships are still active in my life today. I've been really blessed to both enjoy and endure really deep levels of partnerships with family members, friends, co-workers, with students, and even with some of the spiritual teachers that I've had, and these are all cherished, really, really cherished experiences of my life. Now, some of my spiritual partnerships have been, mm, some of them have been really free-flowing. You know, we've been like tremendous healing salve for one another, easily providing comfort and deep spiritual companionship as we journey on our individual paths, sometimes following similar pursuits and other times going off in very, very different directions. And often these peaceful relationships have reflected back to me the gentler, more loving aspects of my own character. And some of my spiritual partnerships have been more challenging. They've reflected back to me parts of myself that are more taunt. You know, aspects of my own character that are more stubborn, creating friction. And, and so in the partnerships then, we're like we bump up against each other. There's defensiveness and friction. And one of my close partners once described our relationship as the, the sand you know, the sand that's the irritant that creates the beautiful pearl. And sometimes that's what the relationships are like. And, and I've had a handful of other spiritual partnerships that have been absolutely excruciating. You know, those have been situations that are reflecting back to me the areas of my own deep-seated wounds. And some of these have been with spiritual partners that have gone through similar early childhood experiences. 
and have developed similar ego defenses as a result of those early traumas. Or people that really reflect sort of uh, what I refer to as the histrionics of my own, you know, family dynamics and upbringing. And these individuals have been very potent partners in assisting me to heal and recover from the past and to recover from my addictions. You know, constantly creating those challenges for myself in the present. These challenges that really give, you know, they've given me the opportunity to respond differently, to make new habits and new ways of responding to myself and to my life. And sometimes before I was able to get to that place of awareness, I was just being triggered and being thrown off and being upset and really um, feeling very challenged. And that's the great gift, one of the great gifts of spiritual partnership is that opportunity really to, to reflect back to us and to help us to grow. You know, it's in these experiences that I've been the most vulnerable and the most raw. Experiences where there's no false pretenses to hang on to and there's no possible way to maintain my composure. And this is what is allowed for the deepest recovery and healing. Oftentimes, really, um, spirit and guidance has a heck of a time if you like catching us off guard because we have a tendency to be so controlled or so in control or so composed or so contained. And sometimes we need to, uh, spirit needs to catch us off guard in order to get a, a new theme or a new message through or to really help us to unearth some of those things that um, are underneath the surface, what it is that's um, prompting us to maintain our composure. Sometimes it's just, you know, I've heard people say, oh, I, I, I don't let myself cry because I'm afraid that I won't stop. And maybe you've heard others say that or you've felt that way yourself uh, from time to time. And that would be an example of a situation where someone has a great investment in the idea of maintaining their composure or, or maintaining a state of being controlled, not being caught off guard or not being vulnerable because of what is underneath. So some of my spiritual partnerships have provided experiences and opportunities that really penetrate into that core, that core of the woundedness and also into the bliss. Those relationships that bring the history to the surface. They can call forward the deepest fear and pain and anger and defenses, as well as my great joy and delight and passions. So I've experienced great, great, great contrast. Some of my experiences helping me to grow spiritually by triggering the most unappealing aspects of myself, leaving me feeling the deepest levels of discomfort, and then other experiences that have been so safe and so peaceful. You know, those experiences that are like floating on a cloud are the experiences where surrendering is just automatic. It's just as natural as breathing. And the feeling of comfort is really paramount. 
and other experiences that are filled with grace and splendor, you know, that call forward so much bliss and so much happiness, those perfect moments, you know, we've all had those perfect moments where we feel so connected. And those are the moments where we declare, couldn't we just stay like this forever? (laughs) Precious, precious, cherished moments of our lives. And you know, I've really recognized that as I've matured, that it's been easier to recognize that sometimes I've assumed because of a strong attraction with someone that they were um, an appropriate suitor, if you like, for dating. But only later to realize that the intense bond was more of a coming together for a spiritual partnership that was not necessarily best served by trying to translate that draw or that bond into a romantic relationship. And, and then other times both have been present, both expressions of the spiritual um, partnering and also that coupling um, in the same relationship, which is um, a certainly a, a, a full, full experience. Now, and there's many people that live comfortably with each other and are very compatible, living and sharing the experiences of daily life. Yet they're not necessarily engaged in spiritual partnership with one another. And then sometimes one or both of those individuals in that partnership may have many spiritual partners outside of the couple's experience in their friends or co-workers or even family members. Sometimes one person in a couple realizes that their partner is content with the relationship, yet they themselves may be wanting more. And the more that they may be wanting, what it might be is that soul-to-soul bonding. You know, the experience of seeing into and relating to each other's essence that is so common in spiritual partnerships. And that might be what other people are longing for, even though they may not know themselves what is that they just know that something's missing maybe can't identify it but that something's missing you know spiritual partners are willing to tell the truth they're willing to talk about not only the obvious things about day-to-day life but they're also willing to be honest about what they feel on the inside They're willing to tell the truth about their emotional reactions and also their reflections about life. You know, to disclose the the limited thoughts and the limiting beliefs and the fear-based ideas that go on inside that, that may be clouding their judgment or making them closed or sometimes these things within ourselves just make us unaccepting of certain realities even though they may be things that we're wanting so much yet we get caught in our own kind of conundrum of of realizing that we need to find a way to surrender our old realities our old beliefs in order to grow and move forward and in that way our spiritual partners can be so supportive to us, holding that space for us.
you know, I've also had various experiences with spiritual partners where we were very much a part of each other's growth and development, but really for an isolated period of time, maybe for a handful of months or even a handful of years, and then maybe followed by years of separation. And in the last few years, I've had the great occasion to be actually reunited with some people that I hadn't had contact with for 20-some years. And then finding that we're, we're totally in sync with each other, R- right again, as if only a breath had passed, not 20 years. And these experiences are such a gift, and, and really, they just seem so remarkable to me. Just so remarkable. And I've also had these great experiences where the commitment really in the relationship is solely focused just on the essence of our being. We're not really involved in each other's daily lives and don't really know a lot about each other's daily life necessarily. But we're just continually encouraging one another to tune our vibration to a more refined flow of unconditional love and acceptance, not only on an individual level, but a sense of unconditional love and acceptance for the whole of humanity. Sharing and recognizing that who we are energetically sharing who we are energetically as living spirit, journeying together in the inner realms of our spiritual awakening. And then also meeting up with others that are like-minded in those inner realms of spiritual awakening and encouraging as a community of like-minded awakened beings. And what a privilege it is to participate and share in those types of experiences as well. It's a kind of uh, intimacy that really transcends our, our earthly reality and our earthly perceptions. A kind of transcendence that's beyond the capacity of what's easily contained and experienced just by our human energy field. And then even with all of these experiences and being so aware of spiritual partnership for the past 40 years, I also acknowledge that with all these experiences and all the blessings and all the spiritual partnerships, that I am still a novice in this field. You know, the more we know and the more we experience, the more we know and the more we realize how much more there is to know and experience. I'm just so grateful to have had all the opportunities that I have to partner with others in a great reflection of our spiritual growth and development. And I encourage that for everyone. And sometimes it just takes uh, being open to the idea of it for it to come into your reality. And, you know, I recently did some uh, work. I had the great occasion, actually, of uh, being involved in a coaching session with uh, Hugh 
Del Conzo, and he's a life coach and creator of the Holistic Learning Center. And um, I just want to share with you some things from his um, class on spiritual relationship mastery. And the idea that within spiritual relationship, you know, both parties are agreeing that nothing's more important than their spiritual evolution. Spiritual relationships, they create a certain synergy which enables each partner to spiritually evolve faster than they could on their own, which is the great, great gift of partnering with others. And so, obviously, the best way for this is to be in partnership with others that that is what they're wanting. They want to create that partnership for the emotional, intimate experience and the spiritual consciousness that's available. Because spiritual partners, really, they help each other to stay conscious to the fact that they're in the world, but not of the world. And then when we have these occasions that we fall asleep spiritually, it would be like when we get caught up in the dramas and the traumas of our daily life and our limited beliefs. Then the idea of having spiritual partnerships is the opportunity to have the person you're in partnership with notice these things and be able to communicate it to you in such a way that will help you to get back on track with your own self to realize that you need to make a shift or an adjustment in your own focus. And you know, there's all kinds of relationships, right? The, the partners, the couples, the, the mothers and daughters and fathers and sons and husbands, wives, friends, and soulmates, and aunts, and grandparents, and all the different types of relationships, your business relationships, your brothers and sisters, your in-laws. And just to have a willing partner, regardless of the nature of the relationship, you can help each other to transform the relationships. And that always has a domino effect. It has an effect then on the energy that others are able to bring consciously into their lives and what they contribute. So all of my spiritual partnerships contribute to all of the interactions that I have and everything that I do in my life, just as my support of others that I'm in relationship has a positive influence on the people that they're interacting with and what they're doing in their lives. So your heart will keep opening as you consciously develop spiritually and, and continue to awaken. Because oneness is really the foundation. It's the core of all loving relationships. And there's no better way to open your heart than through the communication with people that are consciously creating these spiritually awake relationships and opportunities. And Hugh put together this... Um, list of, he refers to them as um, a, a covenant, really. Kind of like if you like a contract or idea, agreements, really. And um, the idea of these is to help you stay in alignment, help you stay focused with the spiritual development. So 
the the ideas are really these agreements are that the primary purpose of being in a spiritually based loving relationship is to support each other's growth, spiritual growth. And a spiritual partnership is an agreement or a covenant that's based on the highest degree of truth and integrity. There is a recognition of equality. There is an acknowledgement of the uniqueness of each individual, yet the understanding of it all being one spirit, that we're all part of one spirit. The ability to see the negative human ideas that we have that limit us, yet not to focus on that, but to support that spiritual consciousness. Your relationships really help to create that environment that enhances and supports that continued growth and development of your inner spiritual self. And spiritual partners bond with that understanding that they're together because it's appropriate for their souls to grow together. Spiritual partners pledge to handle all decisions from more of a holistic perspective. And spiritual partners recognize that the partnership is always in the process of growth. And therefore, flexibility and commitment to truth is essential. Flexibility and a commitment to truth. Hmm. And also recognizing that spiritual partnerships are much freer and more open than the old world models. They kind of leave behind the, the roles from the past that existed merely for survival and protection. And they are really looking to align themselves with a more universal idea of a spiritual purpose for spiritual evolution and emotional growth. They, on purpose, they choose to place their attention on developing their divine self for the purpose of their own growth and then the growth of the relationship and then how that really affects more of a global awakening. And then by choosing to be in a spiritual relationship, you're choosing to respond to your partner with compassion and love instead of fear and doubt. And this is what really helps to create that new model. You know, we bring responsible communication to our relationships, and then that manifests in more harmony and is a great model then for others. And then just to share a few of the benefits, a few more of the benefits of spiritual partnership, there's that sense of a deeper love for yourself. As you discover that giving and receiving love are really the same thing, you know, when we give with no expectation and no attachment, then you're able to receive in an open way as well, to receive with no expectation and no attachment. And that's what makes love unconditional and free-flowing between people, between experiences. And then when we have spiritual partnerships, it, there's a greater sense of meaning and purpose. And there's a greater sense of freedom. 
you know, there is a freedom in challenging our fear-based realities. And to get to the bottom of those things that trigger us personally. And have the loving support of the love-based aspects of yourself supporting you and supporting the other people that you're in spiritual partnership with. And there's that joy of conscious co-creation. The opportunity to discover the unending, unlimited aspects of our own creativity. And how you can become a catalyst, really, for each other. For each other's um, healing insights, for each other's creativity, for each other's new ideas and adventures, and really to encourage each other to step beyond, step beyond what is known and what is comfortable and, and move beyond that to help us grow and expand and become the best versions of ourselves. And that idea also of equality that can allow us really to have a greater sense and experience of, of oneness with, with everyone that we aren't separate, that we're all created, we're all made from that same creative life force. And then another great benefit is really the courage, the courage that comes from support to live a life of integrity, to be authentic, to say what you need to say and do what you need to do, to support yourself and to support others, even when there are reactions to take the courage to speak up and to do it in a way that it is supportive and is kind and is compassionate, not a judging, blaming way. Benefits of spiritual partnership. And the guidelines, you know, of spiritual partnership, the commitment to focus on what you can learn about yourself to pay attention to your emotions, to pay attention to your thoughts and your intentions, and the courage to take responsibility, to practice integrity, to say the things that are difficult, and compassion to change your perspective, to release that idea of being separate, and to be present. Spiritual partnership. The benefits just go on and on and on. And I encourage you to open more. You can't have too many. And each one is so unique and benefits you in an individual way. Comes together with a kind of magic that's just particular and specific to who the two of you are individually. There's no way to compare the relationships. They're all so individual. And they all bring cherished, blessed gifts. I really uh, take this opportunity to, to thank all the spiritual partners, all the spiritual partners that I have, or put it this way, all my spiritual partnerships, past, present, and future. Because without someone else being willing to partner with me, I would not be able to receive the benefits of being in spiritual partnership. And I am available 
for spiritual partnership, past, present, and future, in an open way that's encouraging and supportive, to have this be a new model of relationship for everyone. And just to leave you with something from Eckhart Tolle as we close the show today, he says, if I accept the fact that my relationships are here to make me conscious instead of happy, then my relationships become a wonderful self-mastery tool that keeps aligning me with my higher purpose for living. It's been an honor to speak with you today about spiritual partnership, and I thank you for tuning in to Come Back to Your Senses Radio. I am your ever-grateful host, Leah Brenda-Smith, and until next time, I encourage you to relax and enjoy life. We hope you've enjoyed our program today and perhaps have found some new techniques that you can apply to your daily life. Thank you for tuning in to Come Back to Your Senses Radio. Please join Leah Brenda Smith again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff, and management.